Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. A sinful nation, a people weighed down with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, sons dealing corruptly. They have abandoned Adonai. They have despised Israel's holding way. They have turned backwards. Where will you be struck again as we stray away more and more? The whole head is sick. The whole heart faint. From the foot to the head, there is no soundness. Wounds, bruises, and raw sores, not pressed, nor bandaged, nor softened with oil. Your land is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your fields, strangers devour it in your presence. Desolation, overthrown by strangers. This passage that I just read is from today's Haptorah portion from the prophet Isaiah, talking about how Israel has turned away from Adonai. But I also feel that this could be describing not only Israel, but our world in general today. Or how about our own country with the chaos that is within? It could make us feel a bit troubled, couldn't it? I like to be and try to stay positive. That is one of my strengths. If you ever did those strength finders, that is my number one strength, to be positive. So why am I so negative this morning? So let me try to be positive. I'm positively upset at the state of society today. And I want to encourage you to be the same and want to do something about it. But not in a hateful way. On the contrary, in a loving way. So what is wrong? We've taken God out of our hearts, our homes, our schools, and our government. Most of the news we hear and see is bad news. It's all over the airways and social media. Our society has changed from caring about the greater community to the wants and the needs of the individual. Now, don't get me wrong, everyone is important, but I believe we're in a world of me, and I'm not happy. People have gotten selfish. If something upsets one person, in a particular place, an entire entity could change its direction. 
Is that what God wants? As we heard last week, Rabbi David talking about doing good, toe, and not good, low toes. I realized that God didn't make any bad people. He wants us to do good. We as men and women have free will that God has given us. People choose if they're going to do good or they're going to do evil. The Bible teaches that every person is important and valuable because they're created in the image of God. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created, created him. Male and female, he created them. This means that every person has inherent worth and dignity, regardless of their social status, wealth, or accomplishments. Yeshua also affirmed the value of every person when he said that even the lowliest sparrow is known to God and that we are worth more than many sparrows. That comes from Matthew 10, verse 29, 30. There are over 8 billion people in this world, about 328 million in the U.S., 1.3 million in the greater Richmond area. So do these statistics make you feel a little small? Do you feel like a speck of sand on a beach or a blade of grass in a field or maybe a single cell in the human body, God's most miraculous creation? Do you feel insignificant and powerless to make change in this world? The world has always had its problems and bad times, not just today. We're getting ready to commemorate the ninth of Av, which talks about dark times that happened to the Jewish people around that particular day. So I want to take you back to a time when in the world was also in a very dark place and tell you a story about one person that made a difference. His name was Oscar Schindler. This is from the Holocaust Museum Encyclopedia. Oscar Schindler was born on April 28, 1908 in Zwitau, Austria-Hungary, which is today Svitovy-Chechia. Schindler was an authentic, was an ethnic German and a Catholic. After the dissolution of the Austro-Hungarian Empire at the end of World War I, Schindler became a citizen of the newly established Czechoslovak Republic. After attending the series of trade schools and marrying Emily Pelzel Pel in 1928, or forgive me with this, some of these names, Schindler held a variety of jobs, including working in his father's farm machinery business, opening a driving school, and selling government property. 
He also served in the Czechoslovak army and in 1938 attained the rank of Lance Corporal in the reserves. Schindler began working with the Amt Auslands Amwehr, which is the Office of Military Foreign Intelligence of the German Armed Forces in 1936. In February 1939, five months after, the Ger after German annexation of the Sudland, he joined the Nazi party. An optimistic, optunistic businessman with a taste of the finer things in life. He seemed an unlikely candidate to become a wartime rescuer. During World War II, Schindler would rescue more than a thousand Jews from deportation to Auschwitz, Nazi Germany's largest camp complex. Following the German invasion and the occupation of Poland, Schindler moved to Krakow in October of 1939, taking advantage of the German occupation program to Aryanize and Germanize Jewish-owned and Polish-owned businesses in the so-called general government. He brought Record Limited, a Jewish-owned enamelware manufacturer, in November of 1939. He converted its plant to establish the Deutsche Emwafreibrich Oskar Schindler, German enamelware factory Oskar Schindler, also known as Imalia. While Schindler operated two other factories in Krakow, only at Amalia did he employ Jewish workers who resided in the nearby Krakow ghetto. At its peak strength in 1944, Amalia employed 1,700 workers. At least 1,000 were Jewish forced laborers whom the Germans had relocated from the Krakow ghetto after its liquidation in March of 1943 to forced labor camp and later concentration camp called Krakow Plasso. From March 1943 until Amalia became a subcamp the following year, Jewish prisoners deployed at Amalia lived at the Plasau concentration camp and were subject to brutal conditions there. During this time, Schindler intervened repeatedly on their behalf. He used bribes and personal diplomacy both for the well-being of Jews threatened on an individual basis, and to ensure until late 1944 that the SS did not deport his Jewish workers. In order to claim Jewish workers to be essential to the war effort, he added an armaments manufacturing division to Amalia. During the liquidation of the Krakow ghetto in March of 1943, Schindler allowed his Jewish workers to stay at the factory overnight. After the SS officially changed the designation of Plasau from a forced labor camp to a concentration camp in January of 1944, 
Schindler persuaded the SS to convert Amalia into a subcamp of Tlazal. In addition to the approximately 1,000 Jews, forced laborers registered as factory workers, Schindler permitted 450 Jews working in other nearby factories to live in Amalia as well. This saved them from the systematically brutality and arbitrary mur murder, arbitrary murder, that was part of the daily life in Klasau. Schindler did not act here without risk or cost. His protection of his Jewish workers and some of the shady business dealings led SS and police authorities to suspect him of corruption and of giving unauthorized aid to the Jews. German SS and police officials arrested him three times while he owned Amalia, but they were unable to charge him. Wonder what that was about. In October of 1944, after the SS transferred the Amalia Jews to Plazau, Schindler sought and obtained authorization to relocate his plant to Brunlitz and the Protectorate of Bohemia and Moravia, which was near his hometown, and reopen it exclusively as an armaments factory. One of his assistants drew several versions of a list of up to 1,200 Jewish prisoners needed to work at the new factory. These lists came to be known collectively as Schindler's List. Schindler, lent, Schindler met the specifications required by the SS to classify Brunlitz as a subcamp of Grossrosen concentration camp and thereby facilitated the survival of around 800 Jewish men whom the SS deported from Plazau via Gros Rosen to Brulis, and between 300 and 400 Jewish women from Plazau via Auschwitz. Though classified as an armaments factory, the Brunlitz plant produced just one wagon load of live ammunition in just under eight months of operation. By presenting bogus production figures, Schindler justified the existence of the subcamp as an armaments factory. This facilitated the survival of over a thousand Jews, sparing them from the horrors and brutality of conventional camp life. Schindler left Frunlitz only on May 9, 1945, the day the Soviet troops liberated the camp. After World War II, Schindler and his wife Emily settled in Rosenberg, Germany until 1949, when they immigrated to Argentina. In 1957, permanently separated but not divorced from Emily, Schindler returned alone to Germany. Schindler died in Germany, penniless and almost unknown, in October of 1974.
Many of those who survived, he facilitated, and their descendants lobbied for and financed the transfer of his body for burial in Israel. In 1993, Yad Vashem, which is the World Holocaust Remembrance Center in Jerusalem, awarded Oscar and Emily Schindler the title Righteous Among the Nations in recognition of their efforts to save Jews during the Holocaust at great personal risk. Oscar Schindler's story reminded me of this scripture in Philippians 2, verse 3. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Think of yourself as part of something much greater than yourself. Be something positive in a negative world. Serving others is not easy. If it was, everyone would be doing it. You're giving away something of yourself for the sake of others. Whether it's your love, your time, your finances, your energy, or maybe it's something more. Let's go back to today's Brit Kaddish shop portion in Matthew, chapter 27, verse 45 to 61. Now from the sixth hour, darkness fell all on the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour, Yeshua cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lema." Sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? When some of those standing there heard it, they began saying, this man is calling for Elijah. Right away, one of the men ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick, and was offering it to Yeshua to drink. But the rest were saying, leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. Yeshua cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was split in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked, the rocks were split apart, and the tombs were opened. Many bodies of the Kiddushim who were sleeping were raised to life, coming forth out of the tombs after his resurrection. They went into the holy city and appeared to men. Now the centurion, those keeping guard over Yeshua, when they saw the earthquake, what was happening, they became terribly frightened and said, This really is the Son of God. This scripture reminds us that Yeshua laid down his light for all humanity. He made the ultimate sacrifice 
So maybe we should start trying to do more, to serve more, or to care more, or to help more, to make a difference. So do you think you're a speck of sand? The beach is not incomplete without that speck of sand. Do you think of yourself as a blade of grass? that field and not be complete without that blade of breath. You think of yourself as the smallest cell in human body, body not complete without that single cell. You may be small in the grand scheme of things, but that doesn't make you less important. Are you upset? about the world that we're living. Let's do something about it. Let's change the me world to the you world with Yeshua at the center of it all. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we live in a harsh world. It can get us upset but we can learn from you and we can lean on you because we know, Lord, that you overcome the world and we can partner with you to make changes one person at a time, one day at a time. And show us the way, Lord. Show us the way. In Yeshua's name I praise. Amazed.